Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome back to Misconduct. I'm Eileen, and joining me as always is Colleen. How you doing, Colleen? I am good. It was my sister's birthday this past week. Uh, my sister is also one of the people who we have help us out with research, yeah. and she turned 20 on the 9th. So happy birthday, Hans. Yeah, happy birthday, Hannah. Uh, besides that, I've been really good. I'm looking forward to the three-day weekend, and then it's also my friend Melissa's birthday, Uh, so I'm going to go to brunch with her and Tori. So nice. I'm really excited. I love brunch, especially mimosas. And San Francisco does brunch really well, so it should be fun. Awesome. But uh, how are you? That sounds amazing. I'm good. We went on a, well, I went on a little ride yesterday. The weather has been kind of too nice not to at least get out for a little bit. <laughs> so, but I'm excited to work on Unearthly. Their next episode's coming out next week. So that should be fun. I, you know, it's kind of fun to see how they turn out. And, you know, another thing we wanted to mention is that we are going to CrimeCon in Nashville this year. So we aren't official guests, but many of our pod friends are going and we just couldn't pass up the opportunity to go to Nashville. So if you guys are going to go, let us know. We'd love to meet you. Um, we're working on a meetup with some other hosts. So once we get the details with that, you know, hammered out, we'll let you guys know about that. Yes. And one last thing, if you follow us or True Crime Fan Club on Twitter, you might have seen that Lainey is coming to L.A. in late March for the Gen Y meetup. Yay. And we're going to be in L.A. too. So if you're in the area and not already planning on going to the meetup, you definitely should. The Gen Y guys are super awesome and Lainey is really great too. <laughs> But now on to this week's episode. This week, we will be discussing the disappearance of CJ and William Vossler at the hands of their father, Charles. The two toddlers were picked up by their father for a routine weekend visit in October of 1986, and they were never brought back. Today, we will discuss the circumstances surrounding the disappearance and what has transpired in the last 30 plus years. Ruth Ann Gottlibson was born and raised on a farm in Colfax, Wisconsin. After high school, she enrolled in the University of Wisconsin-Madison, and after she graduated, she stayed in the area, and it was while she was here that she first saw a personal ad in Mother Earth News magazine, placed by a man named Charles Vossler. Mother Earth News is a bi-monthly magazine that focuses on the back-to-the-land movement and promotes a simple lifestyle. It's a really DIY, farm-at-home-based magazine. It kind of reminds me of like what Pinterest is now. Uh, the front page of their website is currently featuring articles like a recipe for elderflower-infused honey and making sure your rain barrel has enough water pressure. There is also a tutorial for a DIY wood-burning hot tub, and if I had a backyard, that was definitely something I would try. <laughs> Growing up on a farm, Ruth was used to the self-sufficient lifestyle, and when she saw Charles' ad in late 1980, 
She saw he was looking to live a similar life, and a simple life as he put it. Ruth responded to the ad, and soon the two were writing letters back and forth. Letters turned to phone calls, and phone calls turned to visits, and after about a year, Ruth packed up her things and moved to live with him at his home in New Hampshire. Ruth wrote an account of her relationship with Charles on NeverStopLooking.org, and we'll post a link so you can you know, read it in full. Charles was raised in Connecticut and went to college in Iowa. He worked several jobs after graduation, none of which stuck, before getting into buying and selling pieces of land and flipping houses. This line of work allowed him to dabble in the simple living lifestyle he wrote about in his personal ad. He eventually settled in New Hampshire because it was rural and there was, and still is, no sales or income tax. He also loved horses and horse racing and owned a horse that he kept on their property. Charles was also obsessed with the stock market, and he kept up with the news on a regular basis. He was also very into the book Atlas Shrug by Ayn Rand, insisting that Ruth read the book because it laid out Charles's vision of the world. After Ruth moved to New Hampshire, the two got married. Charles was an only child, but he told Ruth that he wanted to have a lot of kids. Not long after Ruth moved, she became pregnant with their first child. Their son, Charles Jason, or CJ, was born on December 9, 1982. They had a second son, William, in April of 1984. While she was pregnant, Charles was reportedly very protective of her, and she did not do much travel or strenuous activity. He would travel to see family and leave her behind at their house. As a family, they moved around to different properties they purchased to flip and sell. While they worked on these properties and houses, they also lived there. Besides New Hampshire, the family lived in Maine for a period of time before moving back to Rochester, New Hampshire. And it was here that Charles decided to get his broker's license and open a realty company called Onway Realty. Charles came home one day with a new property for the family to move into and flip. According to Ruth, she didn't see the property before Charles bought it, and it was bare bones and falling apart. Well, Charles didn't technically buy it. According to what Charles told Ruth, the property was bought by Charles's father, Charles Sr., by accident. Charles said that they needed to take over the property for his aging father because he had often helped them out in the past. Sidebar, I don't know how you accidentally buy a piece of property. <laughs> Oops. I, it yeah. seems like there's like multiple steps that would prevent you from just like accidentally buying something. Yeah, it's a little strange. So the family moved into the property so Charles could begin the remodel. But the longer the family stayed, the less seemed to be getting done on the house. They had been living there for months and no progress was made. And it put a lot of stress on their marriage, which hadn't been the best as of late. And the final straw was when William, who was two at the time, pulled himself up using one of the cabinet doors in the kitchen. Or when he tried to pull himself up, he pulled on the door and the entire unit came off the wall and left holes all the way through the wall so you could see to the outside. Oh, my god! So, again, a two-year-old managed to do this. And that was the level of, I guess, you know, damage that the house had that they were living in while it was being remodeled. So this was the final straw, and Ruth told Charles that she and the boys were going to move to a safer home. Charles seemed to agree with her decision and found an apartment for them. Since the house the family had been living in needed so much work, Charles rented a storage unit for their things. Despite Ruth trying to coordinate with Charles, the things in storage never made it to the new apartment with Ruth and the boys. There was always a reason their plans to move things from the unit to the apartment fell through. This went on for several months, but in the meantime, Ruth and Charles officially separated 
and were co-parenting their two boys. Then, suddenly, in October of 1986, things changed. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. On October 9th, 1986, Charles picked up the boys for a routine weekend visit. He planned to take the kids to Connecticut to visit his parents and bring the boys back to Ruth on Sunday. Sunday morning, Ruth was anticipating her children being returned to her later that day. The morning turned into the afternoon, and the kids still hadn't been brought home. That's when Ruth tried calling, but she couldn't reach Charles. Then she tried his parents and couldn't reach them either. She drove down to Onway Realty and found the office had been closed. Ruth happened to bump into an employee leaving with a box full of their things and told her that Charles fired everyone on Friday and said he was dissolving the company. Next, she went to their storage place, and when she was finally able to get information on their unit, because Charles had removed her from the account, she found their unit completely empty. The office told her that the unit had been empty since the auction that had been held months before. So Ruth is understandably confused and terrified right now. Her boys are gone. Their father isn't answering the phone. Her in-laws, who they were supposed to be visiting, were also not answering the phone, and now all of their possessions were gone and apparently have been gone for months. Her further investigation into their bank accounts showed that Charles had cleaned them out and he had also halted payments on their car that was in her possession. And that account was seriously delinquent. Like he had stopped payments on the car loan months previously. Jeez. Ruth called the police to report the kidnapping, but she was met with some resistance from law enforcement. She was later quoted saying a Rochester police officer said to me the words I would never forget, which was, quote, What's the big deal? They're with their dad. And this wasn't the first issue Ruth ran into with law enforcement. The local police didn't investigate it seriously, and the FBI didn't get involved for over seven months. And that was only after Ruth persistently asked them to get involved. To put it in context, Ruth last saw her boys on October 9th, 1986. Their dad never returned them and then cleaned out their storage unit and bank accounts. Then she heard nothing for months. She didn't hear from Charles or his parents, and she couldn't get law enforcement to open an investigation into a case for seven months. Not only did she not see her children, she had not heard from them and didn't even know if they were okay. The state of New Hampshire finally issued a warrant for his arrest for interference of custody. It wasn't until April 3rd, 1987, that the FBI would issue a warrant for his arrest. Basically, Ruth had to go months without hearing from her children just to get anywhere legally. And if we sound a little repetitive, we're driving the point home because considering how custody issues are handled in the present day, 
this situation is just completely crazy to me. These kids were two and three and they just vanished. And it feels like even though she was the children's mother, she had no legal recourse to get her children back. Part of the reason it took so long for the state and FBI to get involved in the search was because custodial kidnappings were essentially not a thing before the 90s. And that's not to say that they didn't happen. They absolutely did, and they happened often. But they were not treated with the same urgency as a stranger abduction. Conceptualizing familial kidnappings in a policy sense is also a newer development. I have no doubt that if the same situation happened today, it would have been treated differently and an investigation would have been immediate. So back to the investigation, it quickly became clear that Charles had meticulously planned the kidnapping and had it put into motion over a long period of time. He financially crippled her. She had stopped working before at his insistence to care for the children. He put her car loan into delinquency and it was about to be repoed, meaning it had not been paid for months. Like we mentioned, Charles had also put all their possessions in storage and had gotten rid of them months before the kidnapping. Ruth was left with nothing, not even pictures of her own children. This was before the days of social media or, you know, having pictures on your cell phone, so Ruth had nothing to give law enforcement for her children's missing persons posters. Luckily, a neighbor had filmed his own child's birthday party and CJ and William were in the footage, so the pictures that have been circulated for the last 30 or so years are actually stills from a neighbor's videotape. And that is just beyond violating to think about, in my opinion. Charles left Ruth with basically nothing but the memories she had of her children. He didn't even have, you know, like the decency to leave a photo album behind. I don't think he was expecting a neighbor to have, you know, footage. If that neighbor did not have that video footage, she would have nothing. Mm -hmm. It also makes me wonder if Charles purposefully bought such a rundown property, knowing that it would put a strain on their relationship and that he expected Ruth to choose the safety of their children over the property they were flipping. The conditions of the property also gave him an excuse to put all their positions in storage and allowed him to dispose of them without Ruth even knowing. It was also discovered that Charles had been married two times before, and that in and of itself wasn't news, but new details about Charles' relationship with his exes came to light. When he divorced his first wife, Charles allegedly told her that, quote, she was lucky that they didn't have children, because he would have taken them and not allowed them to have contact with her. There has only been one official sighting of Charles and the boys. This has also been the only concrete lead that has been made public. In mid-1987, a woman in Stillwell, Oklahoma, called law enforcement after seeing the Vossler missing persons poster. She said that she was dating Charles, but he wasn't going by Charles Vossler. He was using a name that they would later find out was the name of one of his old college friends, Dr. Charles Wilson. This woman recognized Charles and the boys, who were also going by different names. She also said that Charles had identification for all of them under these new names. She also said that Charles told her that his boy's mother had died in a tragic accident. Nine days after the tip came in, the FBI touched down in Stillwell and found a disturbing scene. The property the three had been living at and the car that they had been using both were set on fire. There was nothing left, and Charles and the boys were gone. Since 1987, there had been no confirmed sightings of Charles, CJ, or William, and it's believed that Charles was not concealing the children on his own, and allegedly had help from members of his family. Both of Charles's parents have passed away. There is an online obituary for Charles's father, Charles Sr., who died in 2014, and there was a comment left 
under the name of Ruth Ann Parker, saying, quote, So glad we got to talk one last time. You always were a man with interesting stories. Obviously, we don't know who left that comment. It could have been Ruth or someone pretending to be Ruth. But there has been speculation online as to what the comment could have meant. Charles Sr. was 96 when he passed away. So did the two possibly talk one last time to see if Charles Sr. would divulge anything he potentially knew? Whether he knew anything or not, Charles Sr. died without revealing the whereabouts of his son and grandchildren. In his obituary, under the list of people he is survived by, it only lists his brother-in-law as his wife passed away before him, and there is no mention of Charles, CJ, or William. Ruth was interviewed in an article in 2016 where she said that she's never stopped looking for her boys. However, if they were found today, she wouldn't push for a relationship with them unless they were ready, since they have, you know, they've already been traumatized and she wouldn't want to harm them further. Here's a quote from the interview that really stuck with me. It goes, in the beginning, you had those kind of thoughts like their little legs running down the street and you get to scoop them up. Now I know I don't get to have that vision. I'd like to have a relationship with them, but that's up to them at this point because they're adults. C.J. Vossler has been missing since he was three years old. At the time of his disappearance, he had blonde hair and blue eyes. William was two and had brown hair and blue eyes when he disappeared. It is believed that they may be going under one of these last names, Amadon, Foster, or Wilson. We will post the stills from the videotape depicting CJ and William when they were children and the age progress versions of them that have been released over the years. They would be 35 and 33 today. Charles Vossler was born on March 6, 1942, and was 44 years old when he went missing. He may be going by Charlie, Malcolm, or Martin. We'll also post a picture of Charles at the time of his disappearance and then the age-progressed photos, and he would be 75 years old today. So for final thoughts, this episode reminds me of a recent episode of The Vanished. Mm -hmm. Marissa covered the case of Christopher and Lisa Mae Zaharias, and they were kidnapped when they were children by their mother in the 1980s. Marissa interviewed their father, who has spent his entire life since then trying to find them. It was really heartbreaking and so well done, and it really gave insight into what this type of stress and tragedy, like the effect that that can have on a person. Mm -hmm. And there's no resolution, and there's always just this unanswered question like, will these kids come back or will I spend the rest of my life not knowing what happened? And that's just so awful to me. So when I found this case, I knew I kind of wanted to cover a similar case, Mm -hmm. and I highly recommend going to listen to that episode. Definitely. Um, I think it's a two-parter, but it was just so gripping and riveting. Yeah, it was really well done. That's one of my favorite. I have a lot of favorites of Marissa's, but uh, The Vanished, that was definitely one of my favorites. And I can't imagine being Ruth, just not knowing, like you said, just not ever having an answer, not knowing what happened to your own children. And I'm sorry, but what a piece of shit Charles is. He is. Sorry, but he is. I mean, it's pretty diabolical, right? I mean, he planned that to the T, what he was going to do. He basically made it where she was financially fucked when he left. And so she financially couldn't do anything and didn't have a way to get around because her car was gone and left her was to take all the photos. I mean, that's sick, in my opinion. It is. like It's horrible. I mean, for one, it's probably so she couldn't pass out the pictures, right? It's probably pragmatic like that. But I think also it was screw you, you're not going to have pictures of your kids anymore. I think that's what it was, too. It seems Mm -hmm. like a control thing. 
like they're his kids and he's going to take them and you can't do anything about it. Yep. And just left her with nothing. No house, no car, money and kids. Just really sad. Yeah. And that wraps up our show for this week. Thanks for listening. But before we go, we have some housekeeping. First off, we want to say thank you to some of our listeners who took the time to leave us a five-star review. So thank you very much to Black Cat 323 Oh, Doe Toast, Joe Jolson Hart, Mick Batman 44 I hope I got those right. But thank you all for your reviews. Your reviews help us out, and we really appreciate you guys taking the time to leave us your feedback. We also want to take a second to thank our recent Patreon supporters. So thank you to Charlie from Inside aw, and Maddie B for your Patreon support. Your support means the world to us and we can't thank you enough. If you'd like to see our Patreon page, go to www.patreon.com slash misconduct podcast. Do you want to grab yourself some misconduct merch? Guess what? We have a store set up. You Yay. can order t-shirts, mugs, hoodies, water bottles, magnets, etc. and more. Um, our store is set up through Zazzle and everything you purchase is made to order and drop ship to you. All commission earned on any purchases through our store go directly to the podcast and it helps keep the lights on and the research going. If you're interested, you can go to our website, www.misconductpodcast.com forward slash store or zazzle.com forward slash misconduct pod. And remember, always use the discount codes as they are always discounted and you save tons. So what you see is not what you pay. And that wraps us up for another episode of Misconduct. Thank you for joining us. If you have a second, head on over to our Facebook group to discuss this week's case. We love our group and we love being able to interact with you guys. So if you're not a member, join and one of our mods will add you ASAP. We'd love to hear your thoughts and opinions on these cases. So hop on over and let us know what you thought of today's case. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at MisconductPod. We want to give a huge shout out to the Blank Tapes for our intro and outro music. Be sure to check them out on Bandcamp to check out more of their music. And if you have a case you'd like to see covered, drop us a line. Send it over to misconductpodcast at gmail.com and we will see you next week. you like to look five years younger in a clinical study people that had volume added with juvederm voluma xc in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment look younger feel like you add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with juvederm voluma xc reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with juvederm volur xc For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.